0: I want to take a few minutes tonight and minister on this subject full circle a youth movement full circle everybody say full circle circle. a youth movement movement. now I'm saying this and ministering on this because uh, on May 16th of this year the Lord said to me he said a youth movement is coming to your churches. He said, it will be a movement prompted by the Spirit of God. He told me, he said, prepare for it, teach on it, be ready for it. Prepare the elders to minister to them. Then he said this, this is important. Don't despise their thinking. Don't despise their dress, their taste. Or their music. I got a little quiet there. (laughs) He said I said that May through November would be a time of reconfiguring. Amen. He said press in lean in close and I will tell you and I will show you. Then one of the scriptures he gave me was Psalm 78, 4 through 6. And it's this We will not hide them, talking about the commandments of God, from their descendants. We will tell the next generation the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord. Ha <laughs> ha. His power and the wonders he has done. He decreed statues for Jacob and established the law in Israel which he commanded our ancestors to teach their children so that the next generation would know them even the children yet to be born and they in turn would tell their children. Hallelujah. So full circle, a youth movement. Full circle, a youth movement. And he said, it's coming. He said to us, he said that the babies are coming. Not just spiritual, natural as well, but the babies are coming. Everything that God's told us to expect, i got to keep expecting it. You've got to keep expecting it. Because expectation is the breeding ground of your victory. And when you begin to expect, things begin to happen. Amen. When, 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 when you see a young lady or a woman... And she's with child, and you know that she's pregnant. What's one of the phrases we use? Oh, are you expecting? Right? Well, they're expecting what? A baby. Expecting a new life. Expecting something to change. life is about to change something that has occurred in this season that the world is going through is that the church has moved into this place where we've got to understand it is no longer church as usual it's it's no longer just the normal way of doing things it's not business as normal amen what people are looking for now are real answers to real problems Even people that didn't know they had problems now know they have them because the pressure that's on the world has showed them up. Amen. People's marriages are crumbling. I read a statistic the other day that said lawyers are now gearing up for the largest wave of divorce cases they've ever seen. Because Spouses are spending time together and finding out they don't really like one another. Now I know that's sad, but think about it. How many of those people are not in church? How many young children and families are going to be left broken because of the pressure that's come on the world and it all could have been fixed if they would have just been in church? Full circle. A youth movement. Go with me to Acts chapter 2. Are you with me tonight? Because I'm telling you where we're going. The Lord said to me in 2000, in, in, in actually 2001, it was right after 9-11, well, I say right after, uh, the end of, of September. When uh, air flight was, was, well, not back to normal, but back where they could fly. Pastor Scott Webb from Birmingham, Alabama, came and ministered at our church. And he said something to me at the end of those meetings. He was speaking a word over my wife and I. And he said, people will follow a man who knows where he's going and knows how to get there. I'm telling you something very plainly tonight. I know where we're going, and I know how to get there. Now, if you'll follow me, we'll get there. Because that's where we're going. Amen? Amen? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Look around. Look at your neighbor there beside you and say, I see you're in church tonight. Hallelujah. You're here. Glory to God. Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. (laughs) Ha ha. Verse 16. Now of course this is right after the upper room. This is when Peter's preaching his amazing message right after he's filled with the Holy Ghost. And notice he's explaining that these people are not drunk. That him and the others are not drunk. He says in verse 16. But this is that. Which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And he quotes Joel It shall come to pass in the last days, says God. I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. Now, watch this. And your sons and your daughters will prophesy. They will have divine utterances. They will hear from God and speak what God's saying. Your sons, your sons and your daughters why this applies to us because we're in the last days. this was talking about them but it was also talking about us the scriptures in the word that pertain to the to the church of the Lord Jesus Christ they never get old they never get outdated they update with every generation There are those of us in here that have been saved for years. There there are people in here, you've been saved 40 years, some 30, some longer than that. This applies to every generation. It applied to my generation. It applies to the generation of my children. It applies to the generation of my grandchildren. And it applies to the generation of my great-grandchildren. It is a perpetual promise as long as the church is on the earth. That sons and daughters are to prophesy why do you think the enemy has fought in the church so hard over the last quarter century to alienate and cause a wedge between the elders in the body of christ and the young people in the body of christ because he doesn't want this and so he's brought up schisms with their dress and their music and the way they look i mean my lord i remember the first time I saw a dude with an earring in church. I thought, oh, my God. Now, you can tell I'm dating myself because I thought, well, that's a dude. He's got an earring. Right? I mean, when you say lefty, r- lefty righty, righty, wrongy, something, I, I forget what it was. I'm not saying I, I go for that now. I mean, you know, I mean, I, I'm never going to have one, but, but, I mean, that's irrelevant to me. Here's the point. If earrings will stop you from hearing from God, ladies, I'm sorry. Yeah, but guys shouldn't wear them. Show me the scripture. Show me in the Bible where it says a man shouldn't wear an earring. Now, I'm not advocating that you go get one or two. I'm just saying small wars have been fought over nothing. And what it does, what it speaks to a person, a young person, is that that church doesn't care about how I feel, and they don't care about how I think. We have to put more dependence on the ability of the Holy Spirit to deal with a young man or woman's heart. If they're doing something wrong, we have to depend on the Holy Spirit to deal with them. Our job is to bridge a gap. Our job is to have a synergy where we're coming alongside and we're saying, God, we want full circle. We want this youth movement in our church. I want it. Amen. Every person, listen, this is so important. Every person that has molded me and shaped me as a man of God and mentored me and fathered me in the faith, folks, they're getting old. Every year they're getting older. They're getting closer to their reward every year. No matter how long they're believing to live. If they're believing to live 120, you turn around twice and it's going to be over with. He said in Psalm 78, I want to declare this from generation to generation so that the next generation will know it and even their children that haven't been born yet will know it and then they will tell it to their children. Four generations. Mm. So we see sons and daughters. And then he said, your young men will see visions. And your old men shall dream dreams. I used to like that verse and then I started dreaming a lot. (laughs) Now I'm kind of saying, Lord, I'd like a vision every now and then. (laughs) But on my servants and handmaidens I will pour out in those days of my spirit. And they who, servants and handmaidens, will prophesy. So we see sons, daughters, old men, and young men. Do you see that? So all age groups will be involved in what God is doing. Amen. Men and women will be involved in what God is doing. Every age group, every gender, there's only two, but every one of them, yeah. men and women. Amen. Say men and women. Men and women. Nobody's, left out. Nobody's left out. Nobody's left out. Not the young people, not the old people, not the men, not the women. Nobody's left out. Why? Because God needs it all working together to produce the totality of what He wants to do. Amen? Look at Acts 13. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Mm -mm. Acts 13 and 36. Notice this. He says, For David, after He had served his own generation by the will of God. Now, let me stop right there. It is God's will that you're alive in this generation. And by virtue of the scripture, you've got something to do in this generation. You have to serve this generation. Amen. We are to preach faith to this generation. This is what God called us to do. To preach faith to this generation. Amen. 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 David served his generation. So our job is to serve this generation and teach them faith. Teach them the power of the word of God. Mm -hmm. Amen. If if, If you look beyond personal preference... And you look beyond maybe uh, uh, what you think about certain things, and you see the need yes, sir. in this generation. Yes, sir. Everything changes. Wow. Amen. Everything changes. Now I'm not advocating just a total casualness in the way that we do things in the church, but here's here's the problem that I have. I I, I guess I used to didn't have a used to didn't. That's that's real that's real good English, isn't it? <laughs> I used to didn't, but I didn't used to have a problem with it. But the more I listened to people, the more I saw how off-center it was. Because I would get with certain people and they would talk about a certain minister. And, 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 and they would say, well, you know, what he said was real good, but I couldn't get my eyes off the fact that, you know, he was up there in jeans and a t-shirt. So I couldn't see past the t-shirt and the jeans to really focus in on what I said was so good. Now again, I'm not advocating just this callous casualness, but what I'm trying to say is the thinking has to change. If I'm going to work together with this generation, the thinking has to flip. Because he said, I'll read it to you again, he said, Don't despise their thinking or their dress. Amen. Mm. Do do you hear me? Now I'm not telling you you're going to see me in some holy jeans and a and a t shirt next week. Not happening, all right? But If we're going to serve this generation, notice Psalm 71. Oh, I love this scripture. I love this scripture. It's one of my favorites. And and you that went through Ma, you know that I have only about 100 favorites. <laughs> and those of you that are going, and, and I forgot to announce something. I promised Kim I would. This is the last night that you can uh, 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 make your... Uh, uh, interest known about FBIMA so if you would like to go stop at the table out in the uh, in the uh, that place out there the foyer and uh, you can uh, sign up It'll, it'll be worth the doing amen Psalm 71 verse 17 oh God you have taught me from my youth and hitherto I have declared your wondrous works this is my scripture one of them now also when I am old and gray headed oh god forsake me not until I have shown your strength to this generation and your power to everyone that is to come amen notice what he's saying god don't let me go to my reward don't forsake me until I show the power of god to this generation to this generation They need, we need the power of God in manifestation in this generation right now more than we've ever needed it before. Amen. 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 And folks, listen. It's not because this generation is so much worse or so much more wicked than any previous generation. It's that what has been around them is so much less. When, When I was growing up, uh, uh, of course, I, now, I was born again when I was eight years old, and, and, and that doesn't mean I didn't make some mistakes. I did. I spent a couple of years being stupid. Not stupid, stupid, right? Dumb. But here's the point. I, man, I grew up smack dab. Y'all know what smack dab is? Smack dab in the middle of the Jesus movement. I mean, people were getting saved left and right. They were baptizing thousands of people in the Pacific Ocean. I mean, ministries came out of that. Everywhere you went, there there were people with Jesus loves you. And and I mean, good news for modern man came out. And and I mean, everywhere, everybody was, was worshiping Jesus. And the Holy Spirit, the charismatic move had came in. Everywhere we went. there was talk of the rapture Jesus is coming again we're in the end times it was so prominent in our thinking amen and people were getting saved left and right because we were preaching Jesus could come in any moment any moment the rapture could come amen and if you're ready you go if you're not ready you don't go and it's not going to be pretty Man, people were getting saved. Amen. Man, then the 80s rolled around. and The Word of Faith movement started. Man, you're the righteousness of God in Christ. You're holy by virtue of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. God wants to bless you. God wants you to prosper. Right? You remember all that. Some of you came in, it came to faith during that time. God wants to heal you every time. Right? But then something happened 25 or 30 years ago. And the church started wanting to make converts without any of the power that we saw from the past generation. Wow. And so, what they began to do was make it what we called seeker friendly. Yeah. Don't talk about the offering, don't talk about the gifts of the Spirit. Come on. Put a coffee shop in the foyer. I'm not against that, but I'm just saying that was the idea. Yeah. We'll put a coffee shop in the foyer. And everybody can hang out, and it'll be like Starbucks, and we'll just play Starbucks music in the foyer. You know, and however they want to come, if they want to come in church with their latte, you know, it's, it's all good. And, and here's what we'll do. We'll pare our services down. We'll make sure that the main event is praise and worship, and, and we need that. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying when I'm, when I'm talking about this. And, and, and we'll bring out the light show and the smoke and the lasers and it'll be one great big performance and we'll make sure that the preacher only preaches 20 minutes. Because after all, this generation just won't set through a long sermon. So the bulk of it became entertainment, comfort, but no power. I'm not running anybody down. You understand my thinking? You understand my my process here? In those previous moves of the Spirit, it was based on the Word of God. It was based on the preaching and the teaching of the Word of God. The change in your life that can occur when you get a hold of the Word of God. But what we began to have was people coming to church and being entertained but leaving the same. And they begin to make the decision on where they went to church on ease of access. How long does the preacher preach? (laughs) Look, I can pare it down if I want to, but if you want a 20-minute sermon, let me help you. You are in the wrong place. (laughs) I'm just telling you flat out, that's never going to happen. It might be shorter or longer depending on what the Holy Spirit says. But here's the point. If I'm going to show the generation the power of God, it's got to be in manifestation when they're there. And when they're present. Right? So we're to show God's strength and God's power to this generation. I was speaking at my father's memorial service. And, and, I, and I talked about how, of course, he was a preacher all my life. That's all, I, that's all he ever was. My father was the most mechanically inept man the world has ever known. If there was ever a man that God did not put a mechanical gene in, it was my dad. He couldn't hang a picture. I mean, the man did good to change a light bulb. You had to double check his work if he did. You shouldn't talk about your dad though. way. the truth. Truth will set you free. But here's, here's my point. And he always wanted tools, and I was like, why? why? Why do you want tools? You don't know how to do anything. My father's tool chest was the silverware drawer. You need to unscrew a screw, get a butter knife. Son, go get me a butter knife. Or a spoon. Don't have a butter knife? Give me a spoon. <laughs> and, and I was sharing some of this at his memorial. And I said, and you know, we, we traveled a lot. I never lived anywhere more than two years, ever. Growing up, I didn't live in any city more than two years. We always left. My dad was rarely home. My dad would be gone six months out of the year when we, when we did settle down. And, you know, people sometimes they hear that and they go, oh, my goodness. Oh, but I got to see things that a lot of people didn't get to see. And people say, like what, old blind eyes being open, deaf ears opening up, people getting out of wheelchairs, incurable diseases healed. People getting delivered and set free, demonic uh, 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 possession, demons being cast out. I grew up on that. It imprinted me that God has power. And if you need help, God will give you the help. Are you following me? And so what we have in many cases is a drought of that power. But they're seeking we got to be prepared. I said we got to be prepared. No, notice Malachi 4. Am I helping you tonight? Oh, glory to God. Amen. Oh, I thank the Lord tonight. Hallelujah. 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 And what has begun in a measure will increase. And a pint will become a gallon. And a gallon will become 10 gallons. And 10 will become 50. And before long, you're not going to have room to keep it all. And and even recently, you've had to tell some people certain things. You've had to let people know, I'm going the way I'm going, and I'm going to keep going the way I'm going. Now, if you keep that mindset inside of a year, you don't know your life now, but inside of a year, you really won't know it. Because there's a gift there, there's a a gifting in you that's been abused. And people took it some years back and abused it. And they hurt you. And when, when an event occurred in your life that really wasn't your doing, there are people that turned their back on you by the scores and walked away from you and said, it's over for that guy. And you almost bought it. And you end up sleeping in your car with no home. Alone. And you even said I'm done with this. I'm not going to chase it anymore. And God brought you here. Now you stay. You stay where God planted you. And inside of a year you won't know your life. And even like Philippians 1 says where the apostle Paul said because of your giving and your sowing you have become partakers of my anointing. The Lord says this the anointing that's on this ministry is going to follow you home tonight and it's going to station itself at your front door and your back door as it never has before and the same blessings that fall on this ministry are now falling on your home. Glory be to God. Now, understand, the Lord said that to them specifically, but everybody in here, you're a part of this ministry, you got a right to that. That might be a word God specifically said to them, but you can grab it. Amen. I'd just reach my hands out right now and grab it. Just grab it. I got it. It's mine. Amen. Hallelujah. Malachi 4, verse 5. Behold, I will send Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. Now, this is prophetically. It's talking about John the Baptist coming... In the spirit of Elijah. But notice what he said would happen. And he shall turn the hearts of the fathers to the children. And the heart of the children to their fathers. Amen. Lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. So notice. The sequence is this. The hearts of the older people. The fathers to the children. To the generation that's coming. So we accept them. We love on them. And we let them know we think they're somebody. Bridge a gap. A generation gap. Bridge a gap. A generation gap. I don't think it's a coincidence that right now in our societies, the enemy is battling young black men like he never has before. And statistics show, this is not something that I came up with. Statistics show that is the greatest place of absentee fathers in the nation. Because the enemy knows if he can rob fathers, he can stop a generation. Amen. There are fathers sitting in here tonight. No, you may not be natural fathers, but there's a generation coming that God's going to expect you to father. That God's going to expect your heart to turn towards. And as you turn towards them, they'll turn towards you. And what will happen, we'll bridge that generation gap and we'll show them God's power. Amen. Glory to God. When we do this correctly, we'll have a church of young people and old people connected. That's the will of God. Amen. What? Why do we need that? We we need older people because we need their wisdom, and we need their money. Amen. I mean, what, what, once you get to a certain age, you pretty much got things. You know, you 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 got the house paid off, you got things taken care of. You got more disposable income. <laughs> and you got young people just starting a family or just going to college, they don't have no money. Yeah. They, they got a mortgage they're working on, they've got kids in diapers, whatever. Now they come here, we'll teach them how to get some. Yeah. Right? Wow. <laughs> but we need both generations working together. Yeah. Paul says. That the the older men need to treat the younger men like sons. That the older women need to treat the younger women like daughters. So we have a generational synergy where the church becomes the place where people learn how to live for God. Amen. Amen. And every person in here is a part of that. If you're a minister in here, God brought you here for this season. He brought you here for this time. The giftings and the callings of God that seem to have laid dormant. They are being awakened for the season that that we're moving into. And the fuse is being lit for an even greater explosion of the anointing in your life. And even though you've operated in it in a measure in the past, the measure has increased as it has laid dormant and the explosion will be greater and the manifestation of it will be greater and the effect will be greater and the widespread effect will be greater and the lives that you will touch will be greater because you've hooked yourself up to something bigger than you. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Now, we have to purposely do this. Right. We have to purposely do this. Nothing stays the same. Nothing. I, I know of great churches. There was a church in the southern part of Florida, and I'm not trying to lay anything heavy on you, I'm just saying. A, 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 a tremendous church. I was there one year uh, when the power team was there. The place was packed out. I mean, it's it, it, it seated 10,000 people. It's packed out. I mean, full, packed out. I say seated 10,000. Seated 5,000. There's 10,000 people in the church. Packed out. That church doesn't exist today. They bulldozed it. They did a report on it some time ago and, and were walking through it. The thing was falling apart. How do you go from being a church of 5,000 people in two services, 10,000 all together, to empty and broken down and falling apart. And nobody got in sin. No, nobody got off into wacky doctrine. They quit growing because they kept getting older and never got younger. Wow. 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 If you don't get younger, if you don't value youth, You die. Amen. Well, I just like it the way it was. You know what? I understand that. Look, I'm a creature of habit. I'm very regimented in my life. My wife says that's what she likes about me. There's more than that, but she does like that. (laughs) I mean, hey, if you only got one thing they like, play it. Play it for all it's worth. Hallelujah. It was like my wife said, boy, I like that shirt on you. And I make sure when I wear that shirt, she knows I got it on. Ed Dufresne, one time, Nancy, Pastor Nancy told him uh, he was wearing some glasses, sunglasses. She goes, ooh, I like those glasses. You look good in those glasses. She said, I was preaching. I looked on the back row and there he sat with those glasses on. So. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Anyway, I, I'm, I'm, I'm very regimented. Right? I, I like things to go towards plan. You look at my my day, I have it planned out. If you look on my planner, it's on there when I'm going to eat lunch. Everybody knows when you're supposed to eat lunch. Mine is on the planner. So, understand something that just, you know, flying by the seat of my pants, that's not in my wheelhouse. Yeah. Yeah. But understand something, I had to learn something years ago. If I don't start getting younger, we die. Well, Pastor, that's heavy. Not trying to be heavy. I'm telling you that every generation needs to see the power of God. And churches at times can get in this mindset where we think, well, we got the real power of God, and it's here's why, because we haven't changed anything. That's false. That's false. If you don't change, you won't continue to be a conduit for the power of God. Amen. When, when I look at men, my pastor, Pastor Caldwell, when I travel with him, I, I am amazed I I am amazed. I'm I'm amazed at two things. I'm amazed at the hungry pastors that are out there. I'm also amazed at the number of pastors that don't give a rip. Because you have to have the knowledge and the wisdom of those that did it well for a long time. Amen. Amen. While at the same time recognizing those that are coming up are going to do it well for a long time. Am I helping you? I remember being with him in, in, in uh, uh, Toronto, Canada. And, and we were there for a whole week. And at the, the last night of the meeting, uh, they invited all these pastors from all around Canada to come. And they sat there. And he sat in the middle of the table. Amen. Amen. And I was privileged to sit right beside him. And he was just sharing with these ministers about the things he saw in T.L. Osborne's ministry and Brother Hagan's ministry and Dr. Lester Summerall's ministry and all these generals of the faith. Listen, many of y'all went to Agape for years. You watched the generals come through that church. You watched the generals of the Christian faith stand behind that pulpit and say words from heaven that God wanted spoken into the earth. Powerful ministry speaking into those young pastors. You have a deposit on the inside of you from your years in that ministry that's invaluable. Nobody can put a price on what you received from God in those months and those years and those decades that you attended that, that ministry and watched people like Kenneth Hagan and T.L. Osborne and Lester Sumrall and John Avanzini and Rick Renner and Ken Copeland come into that service and pour into you the incorruptible seed of the Word of God. Now you have a responsibility to share that with this generation. You have a responsibility. It is your responsibility. It is my responsibility. God did not bring me in close proximity with the men and women that he's brought me in proximity with to just bring it all in myself and take pictures and put it on the office wall. And yeah, I know him and I know her and we're friends with them. If I'm not taking what they're imparting and sharing it with this generation, it's lost on me. Oh, glory. Am I helping you? No, look at Ecclesiastes seven and ten. We have to purposely do this. I'm almost done. I want to let me check. I, I don't want to lie. No, almost <laughs> Ecclesiastes seven and ten. Notice what it says. I ministered on this uh, some time ago, but I, I want you to let's let's go back over it because this is so important. Oh, glory. Ecclesiastes 7 and 10. Notice what he says. Do not say, what is the cause that the former days were better than these? For you do not inquire wisely concerning this. Notice what he says. Don't say the older days were better than these days. He says you're not wise if you do that. But I'll hear people all the time say, well, you know, back in my day. If you're breathing, let's check, breathe in, breathe out. Are you breathing? This is your day. I said, this is your day. I've got people in here born in the 40s. I got people born in the 30s. I got people born in the 50s, the 60s, probably every generation from there. We've got them. But you're alive now. So this is your generation. This is your generation to minister to. Don't say it was better then. It's not better then. Scripture says that's not wise. The best time to be alive is right now. I've had people say, I've had people say this. Oh, I don't know. Ah, you know, oh, it must be tough pastoring. Now, I'm telling you what, it's the greatest time in the world to be pastoring. Why? People are hungrier now than they've ever been. The greatest time to be a pastor is when people feel like they have no hope. Why? You deal a little hope. Amen. Amen. I say this about myself all the time. I'm going to get a shirt printed up. OG hope dealer. Been dealing hope for a long time. Amen. I, I was on the plane the other day going to my dad's memorial service. And uh, right here in Little Rock. And we were getting ready to fly out. And, and, and I looked down the aisle and here come a guy. Walking like this. And he sat down and he looked at me and and he went like this. I'm whoo. One time I was glad I had a face covering on. Because I would have gotten the full expression. And he looked at me and in really slurred speech, he goes, Well, you're the unlucky guy that gets sit by an alcoholic. Or the lucky guy. And I thought to myself, No, you're the lucky guy. That gets to sit by an OG Hope dealer. <laughs> Amen. And, and, and I went along, and his name was Keith. And come to find out, he's addicted to, to opioids and alcohol. And, and, and basically, his wife has given him an ultimatum. You got to go get help, or we're done. And he's sitting there, and one moment, he's just crying. And the next moment, he's just, you know, it's, it's totally different. Man, I'm sitting there, and I thought, what are the chances one of the chances that I sit right by the, that this guy come and sits right beside me. Amen. You say, "What'd you do?" You know what I did. Dealt a little hope. Amen. And you know what was amazing? The lady that sat across the aisle. She's sitting there in the whole flight. She's writing. We were going to Charlotte. She's writing. Amen. And, and he's pouring out his heart to me. And I'm talking to him about the Lord. And I said, he said, well, I gave my life to God one time. I said, you've got to renew that. You've got to do it again, man. You've got to surrender your life to Jesus Christ. Yeah. Amen. And the lady's writing. Well, I didn't know it. She's writing scriptures for him. She's writing scriptures for him. I want you to understand something. On that airplane, social distancing went out the window. Yeah. We got a guy crying. He needs help. He needs hope. He's part of our generation. My job, show this generation His power. Not just when I'm in the church. Not just when I'm I'm, I'm, I'm in a conference. Everywhere that we go. Amen. He took those papers. Oh, He was so so appreciative. She, the lady, she was there with her husband. She reached out and grabbed him. We're praying. When she reached out and grabbed him, he reached over and grabbed me. And we're both smelling his Smirnoff breath or whatever it was. I felt a little tipsy when we got done praying. But we're praying, and something happened. He looked at me and he said, Ever since we prayed, look at me, I'm not shaking. Can it happen that fast? It did. It did. You say, what happened? He got off that plane full of hope. Full of hope. Hallelujah. Don't say the former days were better. The best time to be alive is right now. Right now. Amen. Yeah, but I really enjoyed the teaching movement. Take what you learned in the teaching movement and give it to this generation. Take what you learned in the charismatic renewal and give it to this generation. Don't sit at home and become a hermit and say, it was better then. It was not better then. The best days are right now. Yes, sir. Amen. What makes them the best days is there are people that need it more than they've ever needed it before. Yeah. Am I helping anybody? Yeah. So this promise, now I'm hurrying. There are things that never change, like God and His Word. The teaching and preaching of the Word. But listen to me. Methods continually change. Delivery methods continually change. Listen, when I was, and, 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 and Miss Gloria utilizes this very good in the nursery. But I'm just saying, on a large scale, I'm not against it, and, and I'm not saying anything about it. But on a large scale in my generation, the, the method that was used to get the gospel across to us in Sunday school was flannel board. Anybody remember Flannel board. Pam, you remember? Paper characters with some stuff on the back, and the board was flannel, right? And, and you would have Jesus there in a scene, and, and then they would stick the little boy with the lunch, right? But it was a visual. Every, every time I think of that nursery, I get, I get excited. Lily was sitting at the table the other day, and she had a, her little fake phone, you know, smartphone. I th- I think it's interesting, she's three year olds and she knows what swiping means. <laughs> swipe left, Lily. Oh. But if you said which one's your left hand, and your right hand, she you know, but swipe is <laughs> Anna was telling me the other day she was showing Peyton a book and Peyton was going. Am I right? It don't work that way, you gotta turn the page. <laughs> but anyway. That, that phone, and she, she was sitting there at breakfast. She goes, oh, you know, Lily is really dramatic. Oh, she said, I have an email. <laughs> and I said, well, who's it from? And she, she has this little doll she calls Melody. And she said, oh, it's from Melody. I said, well, what's Melody say? And she said, oh, uh, she wants to know how to know God. And I said, well, do you know how to tell her? She goes, oh, yes, Miss Gloria told me. (laughs) And I said, well, tell her. And she's sitting there at the table telling Melody how to know God. Now, she lives in my house, but there's a partnership between my wife and this church. And what we teach her at home, she comes to Baby Faith Builders and it gets reconfirmed in her and because Miss Gloria and Miss Mary are willing to tell these children the truth of God's Word, my three-year-old can lead somebody to Jesus. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And, and those two ladies are from a past generation that are showing this generation the power of God. Amen. And now a three-year-old's life is irrevocably changed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Carlos and Jean, that, that pastor of Faith Builders, I was, we were giving uh, little Aspen her reward today all of those. She had already got her Bible books. All the, the Bible memory sheets that she had completed. 21 memory sheets she completed. There are adults that haven't read their Bible 21 times in a year. And how old are you, Aspen? 10 years old. And here she is 10 years old, getting the gospel fed to her every week in, in, in clear, distinct proportions and knows what the Word of God is saying. Her life will never be the the same. It'll never be the same. That's not child care and babysitting. That's child ministry. That's ministry on the most important level. You have ladies and men in our ministry to children that can break the Word of God down in such easily digestible portions that a three-year-old can understand it. That's breaking the Word down. Amen. Amen. Man, you hear Pastor Larry preaching on Wednesday night, preaching. Not play, Now, they play games, they have fun, but he's preaching. He wants that group, that student group, to know the power of God. And every one of our young people that go back there in that detour room something's being imprinted on their spirit i saw one of them waving was that andrea yes she's waving everyone that goes back there something's being imprinted on their spirit because a man and a woman that god brought through all the stuff that he brought them through and they went to a church where the power of god was imprinted on their spirit they want to share it with this generation And because of that, there are boys and girls that go back there that will never know what it's like to be homeless. They'll never know what it's like to be on cocaine. They'll never know what it's like to be over in there where God brought them from because somebody cared enough to show the power of God to this generation. Oh my God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's a good place to say, thank God for my church. Amen. Amen. Look at Acts 2, 38 and 39. This will be my last scripture. I have a few more preaching points, but we're going to be done. we got to pray tonight. Oh, I believe God. I believe God. Acts 2, 38 and 39, it says... Peter said to them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise, everyone say the promise, promise. is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. So the promise comes full circle to us and our children, to us and our children. Do you see that? Mm. The entire church needs a vision for the youth movement that God promised. Well, I'm not involved with youth. Oh, yes, you are. Brother, you're back there teaching or helping. Uh, Understand something. Nobody in this room is called to just come to church. I've had people say, well, you know, I'm serving God. I come to church. If you're not involved in the church, you're not serving God. You're just coming to church. You are saved to serve. The Bible calls worship ministry. Well, Pastor, that feels like you're putting a little pressure on me. I am. Fearlessly. Why? Because you can serve yourself clean. See, in our church, we don't wait till you got it all together to let you do something. Because when are you ever going to have it all together? Well, you know, I still have a little issue with smoking. Okay. But we believe you're free. So come on, here's an usher shirt. Boy, it got quiet in here. Did, what, do did you think ushers were born, born again? With usher stamped on their bottom? So they never did anything wrong? No, some of the greatest ushers, I, the greatest usher I've ever met in my life in the Kansas location got born again in jail in my Bible study. And just three weeks previous to that, he was living in a junkyard, shooting dope up into his juggler vein because the veins in his arms and legs had collapsed wow. and that was the only vein he could reach and those people that owned that junkyard would let him stay in that junkyard and pay him with dope wow. if he would just work and he would work until he would take that take dope shoot shoot up his dope and pass out and he said i would wake up in the winter and all the rats in that junkyard would have come to him and were, and were using his body heat. And he said, I would wake up and they'd be all around me. That's where Jesus found him. That man's name is Steve Pitnick. I told his testimony about how God put cartilage in his knees when the doctor said that's impossible. And it is medically impossible. He would go every week and get cortisone shots. Or every month or however long. I don't remember how frequent it was. But he went there that one day after a Sunday morning service where God had healed him. And he put his knee up there. And they did an x-ray first. And the nurse came in and said, wait a minute. Uh, We're not going to do this. He said, why? She said, let me show you something. And she took him and showed him the x-ray. And she said, see all that white stuff? He said, yes. She said, that's cartilage. (laughs) She said, we don't know how this happened. Cartilage doesn't grow back. But it did grow back for you. He doesn't take shots anymore. His wife wrote him the saltiest letter I ever read in my life in the jail. And let him know in no uncertain blanking terms she would never remarry him. I performed their wedding three years later. But when he came to church, he came with a a prison Bible... He had been raised Catholic and never went to Catholic church. Didn't know what God wanted him to do. And one of the greatest things we could do was give him a blue shirt and a name tag that said Steve, Usher, and put him to work for the kingdom of God. Why? Because as he worked for the kingdom of God, the anointing on that ministry followed him home and operated in his life and set him free. And now he travels around. Well, of course, the, the situation the world is in has slowed things down a bit. But I went with him to prisons and watched him minister to people. And people sat with tears coming down their eyes out of the change that God can make in a person's life. Yeah. Yeah. If you're waiting until you got it all together to get to work for God, you're going to be waiting until Jesus comes. Right. Now is the time. Now is the season. Yeah. Because the babies are coming. They're not going to be able to handle them all alone in the, in, the, in the nursery. They're not going to be able to handle them all alone in Fort Faith or in Deter. A.V.'s not going to be able to run on two people anymore. Not going to be able to do it. Amen. Got to get involved. As a matter of fact, if you don't get involved, you don't have an opinion. Amen. I'll say that again. If you don't get involved, you don't have an opinion. I've had had people say, well, you know, about the praise and worship. Well, get up there and sing, sweetheart. Come sing. We'll let you, if you can sing. Well, you know, sometimes the sound and the way it looks and the live stream. Listen, if you know so much about it, come on to church and volunteer. Richard will let you help. Be a part of spreading the everlasting gospel. Amen. Yes, sir. Amen. Well, pastor, that's hard. No, if that's your attitude, then when people come that are different, young people come that don't know the rights and the wrongs and how we do things, you'll look at them the same way. That's right. uh-huh. that's right. You're saved to serve. Save to, serve. Save to serve. Amen. Let me hurry. I'm almost done. Bear with me. So we as a church... Have to make a place for young people. For children. Why? When we do this, it causes a church to grow. I'm amazed sometimes at churches. And we do this, and and, and we should. They'll have a guest minister in. And they make sure the green room is prepared. And that the hospitality's in order. We're very good at that. Very excellent. Now, this isn't us. But this is other churches. And yet, they won't make any place for children. Jesus said... That when you gave a cup of cold water to a child, it was like ministering to him. So every week in our church, we can have Jesus Christ of Nazareth in our church because we minister to kids. Every Wednesday, we can have Jesus Christ here. Now, I know he's here, but you understand what I'm saying? When we minister to students... The only group that you see Jesus getting on the disciples about keeping away from him was children. There were times Jesus drew away from adults. But when he was busy and he had a lot going on and they brought the children to be blessed and, and, and the disciples put them away, Jesus said, hey, don't forbid the little children, let them come unto me. Because that's how you enter into the kingdom of God. You've got to become like a child. Isn't that interesting? When we do this, it'll cause the church to grow. What God wants to do in the end time is going to flow and filter out of the local church. Like never before. One statistic said this. That 50% of the people in America that call them Christians only go to church 50% of the time. 50% of the people. That's half of the people in America that call themselves Christians say they only go to church 50% of the time. Well, if they go to a church that only has church one night a week, then they're going to church twice a month. How many months are in a year? What's two times 12? How much? So they're going to church 24 times a year. And there are people under the sound of my voice watching by live stream. You could be at everything we do. You got enough going on in your life that you could be at everything we do. Because you need it. I've had people tell me, y'all are doing a lot. I plan to do more. What else do I have to do with my life? When God called me and saved me, he ruined me. I'm good for nothing else. This is what I do. I am a preacher. I am a pastor. I'm not a business owner that happens to preach. This is what I do. This is what I've gave my life for. This is what God called me to do. This is what I signed up for at 16 and said, I'll do it for the rest of my life. Amen. Amen. Hmm. In church... It's not just the pastor talking. It's God speaking through them. Any ministry of the church, in order to be successful, needs more people. Any ministry. Any ministry. The nursery needs more people. I can only volunteer once a month. They'll take it. The children's ministry needs more people. I can only volunteer a couple times. They'll take it. We'll put you through a background check and put you to work. Amen. We care about our kids. The AV needs more people. I can only help on Sunday night. Come on. Amen. Don't get quiet on me. You were shouting real good just a minute ago. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know anything about the AV. They can teach you. They didn't know anything when they started. That's right. Don't let excuses about human frailty stop you from doing what God wants you to do. Amen. Am I helping you? The Jews said this. If we do not indelibly imprint the Word of God deep within the bones of our children, we are one generation from extinction. Shall I say that again? If we do not indelibly imprint the Word of God deep within the bones of our children, we are one generation away from extinction. This is America today. By and large, in a lot of facets, America is not a godly nation. We've got to imprint the gospel, the word of God on the bones of this generation. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Eighty-six percent of people who serve the Lord do so because they had some kind of encounter with the Lord when they were under the age of 15. Under the age of 15. Listen, if a person's not heard anything about Jesus between the age of 15 and 30, there's a 10% chance they'll be saved. After 30, there's a 4% chance they'll know the Lord. Pastor, you know, I don't, I don't like those odds, and neither do I. That's why there's a youth movement coming. Hallelujah. We're coming full circle. Youth movement's a big deal. God wants to reach every age group all over the world. There's a revival coming to the church. It's going to be bigger and stronger than ever before. Amen. That. Yes, sir. Folks, we are, say this with me, we are, The people of the end. The The churches that are doing their job, listen to me, their nursery is going to be full. Their children's church is going to be full. Their student group will be full. We're coming full circle. We're coming full circle. And what God is saying to us tonight, I'm going to be done with this. What God is saying to us tonight is a prophetic movement. This is what's going to happen. Amen. Amen. We're going to very soon have a baptism. If you need to be baptized, haven't been, or want to be rebaptized, we're going to dunk you. You say, how are we going to do this? I'll tell you how I'm going to do it. I'm going to go buy a real big blow-up pool. And I'm going to fill it full of water and put it out in the parking lot. And we're going to baptize folks. Amen. Amen. In the public, yes. Right out in the public where you can publicly proclaim, I have decided to follow Jesus. Amen. Amen. And we're even going to get your shirts printed up that says, I have decided. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Why? We, we, we got places to go, things to do. I, I, listen, I, I, I understand the reality of the situation that we're in. And I appreciate it. I really do. I appreciate what people are facing in the world. I have sympathy. I have, I have compassion for what people are facing in the world. What some of you have had to deal with and things that we've had to deal with. But here's what I want you to know. The gospel doesn't sleep. The gospel doesn't slumber. The gospel doesn't wait. We've got to take it to the world. Amen. Amen.